Oh, you have to wind it up these days, the, the system. Yeah. So, so you press the button to go live and it's like... Mm, I was looking at the top corner and it said scheduled and it's like, come on, turn to live. You know you want to. Yeah, you want to. Eventually it did. It's, it's, like, it's like an old mangle rather than rather than a, a modern day washing machine you really have to you really have to put some elbow grease onto it in order to get it to go hello everybody welcome to another wow ergonomics with me graham cope and Stephen how um hello we have a guest for you all today as well we do uh, we will be joined any minute now by the wonderful james crow live from wherever he is um as, as, a, as opposed to being dead wherever he is which is mm. You know that's that's a good thing. Don't yeah. really want to. Stockport, I think he is Manchester. Stockport, Manchester Stockport. or Stockport? Well, I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, he's nodding in the background, so he, he's confirmed that. Let's go to this background because that looks nice, kind of yeah. tie dye sort of thing. Um, one little surprise for you today, Stephen, is that oh, I've okay. actually got a new webcam. So this is great because it's roving as well. Look at this. I can actually oh, wow. do this. I can do this with it now. Does that mean um, we? Because that mean we can have pigeon watch out the window. We can actually have pigeon watch out the window. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm making everybody feel quite sick at yeah. the moment, but there we go. We can actually do pigeon watch. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and if if we want to as well, trooper, trooper. Actually oh, here he is. Trooper watch as well. Look at that. You can actually have live sausage action. There we go. The, the real how, star of the show. How brilliant is that? He's the star of everybody's show, isn't he? Oh, there we go. So that's that's good, isn't it? I, I like that. One of these days, I'm going to get several of these with a little mixing desk as well, and then we can we can just go everywhere. Yeah. How how wonderful will that be? Anyway, let's bring in James. Hello, James. Hello. Hello. Have you have you got multiple cameras, sir? Or are you are you a one camera setup man? I'm a one camera two workstation kind of a man so i've got over there is is where i actually work yeah and then over here is on top of a stand and a laptop and a camera where i do all my zooms because i don't want to sit and do zooms because i sit and type so it's nice to move around oh it's a great idea that isn't it yeah mm. it's a great idea what what i need to get into practice with for that is um i need to get a higher screen this screen's pretty high anyway yeah it's it's six foot but the trouble yeah. is, yeah, green screen, Graham, and then you could have pigeon watch behind you going live. Well, no, yeah, yeah, this this can be a green screen as well. Oh, but okay. and everything here does rise up. So you know, my microphone is on an arm and everything, and I can, by the power of Grayskull, I can actually, I can actually stand and work as well. Oh, look, at, look at that. So uh, that's good. So that the desk moves up, the desk moves down. Um. Uh, but the screen's not quite high enough, as you can see. So you can mm. actually just see see the clips mm. and everything at the top. But we'll get there. We'll get there one of these days. I actually I actually find it easier to concentrate when I'm talking, sat down. That's so I do tend to do these sat down. But it is nice to during the day. It is nice to be able to stand up. Is, is that because standing's classed as multitasking for you, Graham? Is it is it too much for the brain to cope with? <laughs> you just. Uh, James, but actually, um, it's an interesting it's an interesting phenomenon. Perhaps we can talk to you about this. But mm. I find I found having talked to a lot of people about it, especially a lot of neurodiverse people, that actually, yeah, sitting down is is better for a lot of tasks. 
Now, I think, I think this stems back to the way we're taught. And we have discussed this on the show before, haven't we, Stephen? Mm. But when we're at school, when we have to concentrate on something, we're told to stop running around the room because <laughs> that helps <laughs> and, and go and sit. Right. So what, when you do all of your study at school, you sit to do that, don't you? Mm. Yeah. Um, and right from a young age, if, if you're listening to a book or you're you're beginning to write something, you sit to do it. Now, surely, do do we not then start to make connections in terms of the brain, in terms of I can focus more on a on a task when I'm sat down? You do, Graham. In fact, it's a psychological phenomenon that they teach in psychology degrees called episodic memory. So if you if you study for your exam in a library, you're much more likely to recall it than you are on a football pitch. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> I think that's for the day, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a great. It's a great term. What was the term again? Episodic memory. Now that is from thirty episodic. years ago, so I might have my my episodic memory might be slightly corrupted, but I'm right. pretty sure that's what it's called. It was just. It was just the fact that you gave a, a football pitch as an example, mm. uh, Stephen. You quite yes. often study the form at a football pitch don't you so i mean <laughs> yeah what, what, works, what works better for you though I, I, sitting down concentrating in fact i usually i always do wow sat down just because i'm sort of concentrating on what i'm doing what i'm saying making sure i'm taking everything in that the guests are saying but actually i think next week i am going to stand up and i'm going to take on what james is doing and i'm going to try and do the show stood up and see if it makes any difference but Should i find i need to concentrate yeah, should we do, all do it standing up next week? That would be quite. That would be quite interesting to see see what the difference is. James, have you ever tried um, one of these treadmill desks? No, I nearly did. I nearly yeah. did. Some guy was going to send me one, and then he said, "No, we're out of stock, and you can't have one anyway." But I looked at the research <laughs> on them. But I don't know why he tempted me. He tempted me, and then he took it away. But nice. I looked at the research in the meantime, and people switching to a treadmill desk. There's a big drop in productivity for the first three or four months while they get used to it. Right. So it's important important for companies to understand that. So does it get back to money. does it get back to the level and improve after those three or four months, or does it just not? Do, you know, does it improve it with time, or does it actually not? Don't quote me, but I think it just gets back to the level. But because okay. you're moving you're getting more oxygen and blood flow to the brain, which can help with the thinking process. So mm. over time being sedentary for a long period of time, the oxy your brain oxygenation drops slightly. And I think there's a correlation between that and clever thinking. Mm. But I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm no expert. Well, now I have tried one out. So okay. I've, I have been the lucky guinea pig that's actually managed to tr try one. And what I found was... <laughs> I just certain tasks I just could not do mm. it really was I mean it, it it certainly I think it would be a real if if I had that as an adjustment from an assessor and they said right you know you gotta you gotta use this I would be probably throwing it out with the bath toys because I when it was things like I could read emails that was okay. 
I could read emails and if someone had written a you know written a word document or I was just perusing you know uh Google and reading stuff that was fine so all the reading tasks was fine but as soon as I tried to actually like put <laughs> put data from or you know put data into a spreadsheet or start moving data around just couldn't cope with it wouldn't work for playing a sneaky game of Fortnite at lunchtime, would it, Graham? No, no it wouldn't. No. I mean, just thinking about this, you mentioned there about assessments and things like that. And obviously, this is we'll, we'll, we'll pull James into the wider conversation on this. But I'm just thinking here, you know, we've, we've spoke on the show, um, Graham, for months about the fact that, you know, are companies investing in their staff, et cetera, et cetera. I've just got the vision of about 99.5% of, of bosses throughout the UK um, who when given an assessment that recommends they have a treadmill desk, will just literally do that, won't they? You know, what, what's the likelihood of something? I mean, I'd love to know what the numbers are of these in operation. And actually, are, are people? Are, is it something that's being actively purchased? Or is it just a, uh, one of those sort of white elephant type ideas? It looks very good, but actually, in reality, are people using it? Is it actually making a practical impact in the workforce i think one of the things that will answer that is um space i mean i i think it's fairly impractical in a lot of office buildings that i've ever been through um if, and actually if you take it from the point of view that uh a lot of workplace assessments are actually tied up with the health and safety element of a business as well you've got a huge health and safety risk there as well so on the one hand you can say right this is a benefit to people because they're actually going to be moving whilst working at the desk but on the other hand it's like yeah but physically have i got room if i've got rows and rows of desks etc i actually got room to fit in the treadmill part of it and allow enough access clearance etc for people to get past without accidentally stepping on the edge of it and stopping it or whatever and then getting someone flying through their their screen um you know are people you know and you you've got to do all of the risk assessment for that as well what if somebody has a a fit on the on the treadmill how does it you know how does it switch off um it, it's it's i reckon it's quite complex really I, I can imagine that the, the, the main place that that's bought is individuals who have yeah. got money, who have got space at home that feel that that's a, that's a great solution for them and that all all well and good. But I'd actually be quite interested to hear from any assessors that have recommended that in the home. Did they have to go through any kind of red tape in terms of the health and safety aspects of it? Or maybe a small company where it's, you know three or four people in an office and it's you know they've got actually got plenty of space around them i can't i can't see it as being a sort of mainstay adjustment the other thing as well is that we all know from um being out there on the coal field is that one of the issues that a lot of companies have is that if they make adjustments for people they on a regular basis tend to then rotate round where people are in a building that's quite a bit of kit to rotate round mm. as well. So if you if you had 
say somebody has a treadmill in you know it's allocated to them on floor two of you know a, a, a five floor building within a bank or whatever and then suddenly they're moved you know the next month they're moved to floor one and then they're moved to floor five or whatever it's 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 horrendous <laughs> i mean is that is that is that been your um experience in the past james that that's in a way why a lot of businesses moved away from buying sit-stand desks to to buying desktop sit-stand solutions or whatever so that actually if if people were moving around that they could just move those from desk to desk it could literally be picked up and moved as well, opposed to with the treadmills it's it's kind of, I've, I've never seen one in practice I, I think it's people on amazon and reddit who are you know just working from home probably solopreneurs who've also got a little row of machines to one side or something like that but yeah definitely never seen it in the office and the sit-stand desks is is interesting because i mean to me it's it's i wish everybody had a sit-stand desk i really did and and you know <laughs> environment it's ideal isn't it because everybody can make some really keen adjustments but if you're a call center with 2000 staff and you give hot sit stand desk to 5% of your staff, you're just probably going to have a bit of a riot on your hands. Mm. You know, I want one too. And I want one of these. I did see something really interesting yesterday, which was bonkers, but um, I really hope it works, which was a sit stand chair rather than a sit stand desk. Okay. Have you ever come across one of those before? No. Uh, well, um, uh, maybe explain. So it's a chair. You can adjust the height to suit you. And then the seat is split. And then there's automatically every, you can set it three, five, six minutes. One of the seats will give you an indication it's going to drop and then it will drop so that you're in a kind of pelican stand. And then after a while, the other one so that you're standing. And then after a while, it will bring you up. So in your pelican stand and then it bring the other one up. So you're sitting. And I just thought it was such a, such a bonkers idea because, yeah, you need a sit stand desk to be able to get under it anyways, or you need a really high desk. But a lot of the problem with sit-stand desks is users just don't don't make any adjustments. They just mm -hmm. sit there and sit all day. Or a few people I've met stand all day with their sit-stand desk, and it, it kind of defeats the purpose of yeah. the desk, you know? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I know, I know for example, um, one manufacturer has a, a, a set of sit-stand chairs that go with their sit-stand desks. Um, and because I've always been quite keen on that, I've always been, and, and I'd love to get your interpretation of this as well, James, but I've always been quite keen on the fact that we often forget that there's something between sitting and standing, which is perching. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually therefore to go, right, I'm, I'm standing all day or I'm sitting all day you know, isn't necessarily the, the be all and end all of it. And a lot of us will talk about, you know, sit, stand, move anyway, and that you, you should really be moving. You, you can't just, you can't just bury yourself in one idea or the other, but I really quite like the idea of the chair that you use. Cheaper. Stop it. <laughs> kind of what's wrong with him today. I was enjoying that. It's bringing a bit of homeliness to the. Well, yeah. okay. Yeah. But it's, a, it's annoying <coughs> from here. Um, and he knows that he's just, he's just playing for attention. Right, he just wants more people to follow him on Instagram. That's what it is. Mm. But yeah, the the 
that that you know the uh, ability to perch or the ability to just take the the weight off of your legs if you like but actually still be fairly upright is is quite a good option as well yeah so i've, I've got two chairs here you can do that with hidden away under my desk there's the back app have you tried the back app that's i, I like a back app because that's just dead easy it's just got up and down so so that's great and then the other one is that whole capisco which you can do all sorts of stuff with and that's got yeah the really, you can get the really high stem with as well so that's that's really handy for perching as well but again it's about the user it's educating the user and, yeah. and having the user do it and you can have all sorts of you can have timers on your pc you can have you know things set on your phone but most of the time and we're all a bit guilty of it you're in the middle of that email and something says ping it's time for you to adjust mm. your standing position and you think yeah i'm in the middle of this email and then before you know it, it's lunchtime isn't yeah. it so it, it's about making changes in the user as, yeah. as much as in the environment as well and that's a, a really hard thing to do because habits habits are hard to change well is, the, about is the user the biggest problem james sorry greg is, is the user the biggest problem that you come across i know we've had conversations about companies uh, yeah. investing in equipment but is that really the, the the crux of the problem is getting someone to to break and change their habits yeah at the end of the day there's the, okay so I've, I've got a really simple way of looking at it so i look at it is is body brain and space and for those of you listening rather than watching this i'm just wiggling my hands around on the screen as if it were a venn diagram and yeah. somewhere in the middle is the ideal so um space is your ergonomics that, that's pretty straightforward get your space set up right and any good ergonomist is going to help you with that problem body is stuff like making sure you stretch making sure you exercise getting out for a walk at lunch um taking frequent frequent breaks and then the brain side this is the tough bit is remembering to look after your posture while you're sitting which is alexander technique can help with that and there are other some some other kind of mindfulness mindfulness methods um, and you can do stuff with your brain as well like um, task scheduling task rotation um you know and simple things like you were you were joking about pigeon watch but it's you know if you've got a window just having having a look out the old 2020 20 rule and you know eyes are part of the brain and and it's always nice and relaxing to spying your neighbours mind having a new sofa oh we don't we don't joke about pigeon watch here it's very very serious um yeah we absolutely have, there's there's the old seconds of pigeon watch to pigeon pigeon watch is it, where did it start from it, it well it start show. no it started it started in our friday afternoon show when we were doing that um but uh there was a guy called richard that kept yes kept coming on and yeah, yeah. he he wanted to know what was going on outside yeah uh in terms of in terms of pigeons because we we have a we have a deluge of pigeons around here but just explain to people that haven't ever heard of 2020 20 before because a lot of people haven't yeah people but... don't get this do they they do not get it they think that you know when you say to them oh you need to you need to break and, and rest your eyes that it literally means oh i've got to stop for half an hour and go off and and do something and then and then they're like well, i can't do that because all, all i'm work. busy working on my phone for, for another five oh, minutes you know? absolutely yeah 2020 it's it's dead easy um there's loads of ways you can set it up uh, i like to use a timer so i've got a little okay. timer here but mine's 15 but um these are pomodoro timers and this is a great way of having an external stimulus to make sure that you stop to do something 
So if you put something like this on the other side of the room, it doesn't matter if you're halfway through the email, it's going to keep nagging at you. Going, me, 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 me. And this you're going to have to get up. You're going to have to get up. And the beep like on I just did. Really yeah. yeah. So 2020, every 20 minutes, look outside for 20 seconds, about 20 feet away. It doesn't have to be 20 feet. It could be 20 elephants. It could be 20 whatever. Just, yeah, yeah. just give your eyes a break. Because most of us are here. Our screens are approximately at arm's length from us. For what? Eight hours? a day and then if you're working from home or in an office which doesn't have good views outside the furthest you're going to see is maybe eight or ten meters inside so your eyes are never getting that chance to expand their focal length and to rest and those those muscles in your eye that do all that accommodation they're not getting worked out then at the end of your eight hours in in lovely great britain particularly up here in stockport and manchester it's dark and you go and you sit downstairs and stare at something five meters away for another three hours and so the eyes just aren't getting a rest and, and mm. eye health is getting worse and worse and worse. The amount of kids now who, who, who are needing uh, glasses, and I think it's all, all down to screen time. And while I'm on this rant, I'm going to rant, gents. Go I, on. Love I, it. I, I do the school run and I walk past a load of bus stops and I see a load of teenage kids like this, lower it a bit, like this, Ignoring each other, not speaking to each other, just just doing this all the time. And the, uh, this screen obsession is really bad for their eyesight. But also, when I was their age, we'd be, you know, grabbing each other's underpants and giving us wedges, or you know, <laughs> generally trying to get each other run over or thrown in the hedge, and, and having having that fun and enjoyment that wasn't seeing someone's status updates on one of the social media platforms. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I I actually think I was actually thinking at some stage of actually doing a a show on LinkedIn along the lines of grumpy old men. I think it would be great. I'm in. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good? We'd literally just pick a topic each week and come along and moan about it. Graham, did you see that? I think I tagged you in yesterday to that post about the um, the it, it was it was ultimate. It was a milk float, wasn't it? I can't remember the whole thing. It was talking about it was a company introducing electric vehicles and all this sort of stuff. And you sort of scrolled down, didn't you? And it was all basically milk floats and pretty much saying all a lot of the problems we've got nowadays are not how things used to be, but they're actually things we're doing now. Uh, that was the whole theme, wasn't it, Graham? So talking about the fact that, you know, you, you, your milk bottles would be returned and washed and you weren't using plastic cartons and all that sort of thing. And it it, it, it was joking and you sort of re- read through it. But actually, the more you sort of reflected on each point, and I'll try and find it, you can maybe sort of throw it up later. But it was like, actually, yeah, that was correct, wasn't it? You know, you, you never had never had milk in a plastic in a plastic bottle it was a glass bottle that was returned and cleaned now i know there's there's water and there's the, the cleaning solutions and there's all that sort of stuff that goes with it but i mean that's what i'd like to know at what point did 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 that shift come from buying getting milk delivered to your doorstep to buying it from the supermarket that was almost the is it called the juncture position or whatever but that was the point where the whole thing just ramped up well, I like to think that these things go like in a circle, mm-hmm. and, okay. and and I think what happens is that we we uh, we sort of create a technology which we think is far superior, mm. and we we put or we or a system that we think is far superior, and we push towards that system, and then as human beings, we there's a number of us that turn around and go, God, that was stupid, um, and then actually we try we try and push back 
around again you know i mean look at it. it's happening in it's happening in music right you know mm. you uh, you guys probably know I, I talk to musicians all the time um and we have this conversation but it's happening right we we digitized everything we digitized the life out of music there's some great things about that and one of the great things about that is it's enabled people to to make music much easier and and take control of that and people can don't have to book expensive recording studios anymore they can they can literally make as they used to they can make music in their rooms yeah. and stuff like that but you know this push towards let's just stream everything into the ether let's just push it out there let's not actually you know take any time to properly listen to anything that anybody's done it, it's it's being rebelled against yeah people are going back to buying stuff and actually sitting down and listening to stuff and actually you know partaking in the listening of music mm. again because you know they're not satisfied with it just capturing little 20 seconds of it in the air some people are some people have that and and it's interesting when i have that conversation it's a, the whole thing again is about experience and education mm. i did a poll on it the other day and i asked the question which a lot of people were like huh i said do you listen to music or do you just hear it right and a load of people were like well of course i listen to music but actually when they started reading into the conversation mm. A lot of people, and you could tell from some of the answers as well, no, actually, you don't listen to music. What you do is you just have music as part of your life in a background somewhere. It's music. It's not music. You don't actually listen to it at all. And so, and I was answering back on that, and I said, you know, some of you have to learn how to listen, right? It doesn't, it's not something that you necessarily just comes you you become educated in how to listen to to certain things because some of it's difficult mm. right you you can't, you won't you won't go from listening to something that's just pop music which is easy to to absorb and easy for your brain to understand to being able to listen to something that's quite chaotic and discordant and uh, bit of Pink Floyd album. Bit of Pink Floyd, yeah, or whatever. You won't go from listening to from Little Mix to Pink Floyd without learning how to sit and listen and to to mm. appreciate. Yeah, and it's. I think it's the same in terms of. I, I think it's the same in terms of ergonomics I, and or, or in terms of how we work. I don't think people have learnt to appreciate certain things. And therefore, it's a struggle for them. Yeah, you're not if you don't appreciate your if you don't appreciate the benefit of to your health of working in a particular way or adopting a particular lifestyle, you ain't you, you just don't get it. Mm. It's a priority you know? thing, Graham. It's all about priorities. Absolutely. The problem is in the workplace that work is the number one priority for most people, particularly when you join a new company, you're desperate to do a good job. You're going to sit down. At, you're, you're not going to spend half an hour sorting out your workstation, getting your chair right, getting everything at the right height. You're going to sit down like a, a good worker and show that you're working. Mm. 
and it carries on from there. And this is the problem with changing the user that you've, you've got to educate the user that their well-being improves the quality of their work. But the priority for them is getting the work done first. So you've got to make the, the well-being primary and the work secondary, mm -hmm. which is, is quite a hard sell to some companies because they just want this stuff churning out and they don't care if they burn out their staff. But intelligent, forward-thinking companies who are trying to attract and maintain the best staff are more and more aware of this. And I think yeah. that's why, why we've got this groundswell of, of well-being going on. Well, I think it's because I think the younger generation of CEOs are are much more in tune with this as well. I don't I think that, you know, there was a kind of typical old guard where it's and I've assessed some of those CEOs of some very big organizations mm. and it starts from the top. When the CEO of a big business tells you, oh, well, you can assess me all you like. You can make all the recommendations you like. Don't think I'm taking a break, right? Because, you know, I'm very important. And let me tell you, I'm very important. And I can't afford to take a break. I can't afford to take a holiday. I can't afford to be away from this business for one minute. And, you know, I've turned around to some of those people before now. And I've said, and do you know what? If you disappeared from this position, I don't care whether you're on a £600,000 salary a year. If you disappeared from this position, there'd be someone else to take your place. Yeah. Nobody is infallible. Nobody. You know? And, is that and, changing, but, Graham? Do you think, do you think, and, and, and James, are we getting more people who, oh, sorry, are we getting less people thinking like what you just said? Are we getting more people who are being quite open-minded and pragmatic about a whole range of sort of work and well-being? Um, you know, is it, 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 are people paying lip service to it do you think are, are, are the genuine changes going on out there that you, you both see yeah absolutely absolutely um ceos and sort of senior senior leadership team people are really keen to look after their staff and they're really keen to look after themselves too so mm -hmm. what, what i tend to see happens is they invest in themselves they feel the benefit and and then they push that out to the rest of the workforce because they think wow if you know crikey if i can go home at five o'clock without without my neck killing me and i've i've actually achieved stuff without collapsing in the corner imagine what would happen to the company if my staff could do the same so it, it is it's really and also as you say um that sort of leadership team they're getting younger and, and younger anyway it's it's not like um oh, oh what, what was that old um tv show um forget it it's gone i'm too old to remember <laughs> There's always some old, old, um, old man in the in the corner office who's just an absolute mess, telling everybody else to do an absolute mess. And and now companies, it doesn't work like that. Companies, fast reacting companies are the ones that are progressing. Those dinosaurs are they're getting left behind in the rearview mirror and rapidly as well. Yeah. Don't ask me why. When you said that, I was starting to rack my brains from a program, and it is it clearly wasn't this program you were thinking of. But brush strokes came to mind. Do you remember brush strokes? I know we're going yeah. off on a complete tangent here, right. wasn't it? Where it was the it was the it was the the old man, wasn't it? Was did he did he was it his father-in-law who ran the company or something? And the and Carl Jackman? What was the what was the guy who was the painter? So anyway, I completely digress, but that was what immediately came to mind was that old that old boy running the company. We have to put subtitles under this bit. CJ from Reginald Perrin. That's who I Oh yes, Reginald Perrin. Yeah. There you go. 
Now, now we're really delving into the old box, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> for, for anyone that's 19 watching this, you have not got a clue what this conversation's going on. Go about. and look on YouTube. Is that what we say for programmes yeah, like that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if it's still on there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But even that, you see, even that, that's a great example. Um, You know, a lot of TV isn't on TV anymore, is it? You know, I mean, who... I mean, to be fair, though, that is a good thing. I mean, I'm still traumatised by the likes of the, the banana bunch and the wombles and all of that. Just absolutely <laughs> the moomins and, and the soup dragon and all that. Everybody says, oh, wasn't it amazing? And yeah. if you actually go back and have a look at them, no. No, they really weren't. <laughs> it's amazing now. Those, those full screen Pixar movies that are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, the quality of stuff has actually gone up. Yeah. And, you know, that's an analogy for work as well. The office, I mean, how many hundred years has the office been around? It can't be that long, really, mm. you know, as offices as we know them. And, and now they're rapidly evolving. The idea in the 1980s of someone having um, a, a, a pinball table or, or table football or something for the staff to play at at work, would nobody nobody would have even considered that as an option. Now it's it's like quite common to stumble over someone's table football catch yourself on the pocket and uh, and have to go to a have to enter a health and safety record because you've are torn you quite your surprised, are you quite surprised james that people are have still on a regular basis and we see it on linkedin all the time having these conversations about you know where should the office progress to and you know um do you think we should be holding on to the office of the past? I mean, it just, it amazes me that people don't think that this is, it would be an evolving thing anyway. I know, I know that I think the, the pandemic has expedited this. I think it's, it's moved this on quicker than it would have done had we not had the pandemic and we didn't send people home and realize that they could work asynchronously with all of this wonderful tech, etc. Um, you know, my God, we've got Zoom. Um, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, look at that. You've you had it for years. Um, but it's, I just think the, the office was already evolving, you know, and it, it, it couldn't have stood still. It, it couldn't. We couldn't be having this meeting without this technology unless I'd driven down to the south of England, stayed overnight in a hotel, yeah. you know, spent... £150 on petrol and another £150 on a hotel for us to spend half an hour to an hour ranting about children's TV from the 1970s. <laughs> and, and, and then no one would have seen or listened to us anyway, which, which might still be the case. But it would it's a lot easier doing it on this, isn't it? And the trick is, the trick is um, as you were saying, Graham, it's, it's, there's the swings and roundabouts. And there's two, two, some companies have gone too far into Zoom meetings and they're running back-to-back -back Zoom meetings yeah. where meeting, 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 nobody's really getting any work done and staff cannot sit there for three, four hours back-to-back -back meetings. Mm. Simple solutions are just top and tail each meeting with 15, 20 minutes yeah. where your employees get to do some work or they get to go and have a walk or if they're working from home, they can do the stuff that, that they won't admit to, loading the washing machine, hanging the washing out, but is getting them moving and away from their desk so that they can actually get more work done. Yeah. I, I, I think one of the issues is, and I know we've discussed this before, Stephen, but I, yeah. I still believe one of the main issues is management structure. 
And I believe that's why a lot of the younger businesses are doing better at all of this and will grow quicker as well because their management their management process and structure isn't tied down in uh, a, an old-fashioned hierarchical system right they are looking at much more flexible management structure systems so that they are looking at things like okr systems etc objectives and key results don't care how you get there yeah i just this this is what this is our objectives this is what we believe in as a business these are the these are the key results that we need to see in order for that to happen make it happen people i'll support you i'll remove the obstacles for that happening but i don't really care whether you do it on a saturday or a monday or a tuesday or a wednesday or at night or in the morning just let's let's all work together to get this done whereas a lot of businesses are still stuck in uh so this is senior management this is uh middle management these are you know and then uh, if you need to if you want to do this you've got to report to them they've got to report to them we've got to have a meeting there we've got to have a meeting mm. there we've got to spend half our time in meeting before we actually get anything done etc 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 actually we're not going to do it on key results we're going to do it on kpis it's all about you know sort of measurement 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 are you achieving this so then you get then you get back and i've been in those buildings you get back to you can't have a break why because you've got to be sat in front of the computer for so long but they're sat in front of the computer doing now because their brain has switched off <laughs> so what's the point of them sitting in front of the computer surely it's better that they're being productive whilst they're sat there yeah it's just a nonsense that we we just continue with this kind of old-fashioned philosophy that you're working if you're there that's that's nonsense mm. you know presenteeism is sorry yeah presenteeism isn't production is it at the no. end of the day no i mean like take your colleagues at um next stand their their company structure is vastly different to anything from the last 20 years and they get stuff done don't they Next, next and do, yeah, yeah. next and next and are uh, an e-commerce business. Yeah, you know, small structure. I, I also think that whole nine to five thing—it's got to implode. Um, yeah, it's just got to implode. It can't carry on. Just in terms of the environment for starters, you know, there's still a lot of traffic on the roads, all desperately trying to arrive somewhere at eight fifty-two. Yeah, and leaving at half five. Then spending two hours of their day in the queue that could be 30 minutes if they started at half seven and finished at half three or something, or started at 10 and finished at six. It's just, it just seems like a no brainer to me. And that's the big thing that came out of the pandemic that nobody changed was I thought the government should just say, right, we're going to scrap nine to five. You should all scrap yeah. nine to five, spread everything out across the roads when we come back. It's much better for the environment. Petrol prices at the moment, I'm sh I'm sure people are aware, absolutely ridiculous. And and you sat there in a queue. If you've got, you know, unless you've got a nice brand new spanking electric car, generally you're burning fuel to get nowhere. Mm. Yeah. Well, oh, we were dis we were discussing this last week, weren't we, Stephen? Yeah. The the, the yeah. big issue because one of the news stories that came out last week was about the fact that a lot of the firms that have been on the trial for the four day week have said once the trial is up we are maintaining the four-day week great but, but on the other side of that 
you've got a lot of companies will go against it because you've got to maintain infrastructure. You've got to you've got to get people going through the coffee shops, going through the the the, uh, the sandwich houses, going through the you know the newspaper stands or whatever on the way to the business or whatever. You've got to actually have the the energy companies are struggling because they're not supplying energy to big corporate buildings in the the levels that they were and that is massive compared with you know people at home because here's the thing right when people are at home if you get cold and there's an and you know an energy price is going up what do you do you put another layer on you put a jumper yeah in an office you don't do that you expect the person that's playing for the energy in the office to make that comfortable so you can just wear what you like so it's they're losing hand over fist in terms of that there's there's a on the one hand there's this move towards uh health and well-being and and you know people would love people to work from home and get rid of their buildings and whatever but there's landlords that are losing out on money there's mm. there's infrastructure that's losing out on money and the government and you know other people want people to return to the office it's there's it's just so a, many forces aren't they pulling in different directions it's like you know, a you, big you, nerf gun battle but like but, you say that you want to go one way get many people working from home you think about reduced pollution and, and and cars on the road and all that sort of thing but the flip side then becomes as you said is you then have the impact on the coffee shops the sandwich shops um public transport you know those people so their jobs start getting impacted by the fact that everyone's suddenly at home so it's it's just there's so many different directions whichever way you pull it in there's an advantage or there's advantages and there's disadvantages it's it's something that sort of tries to keep everyone happy which is very hard to achieve but that's the the ultimate goal isn't it and that's what we've been seeing week in week out in terms of the news stories there's been one news story which is this on this side and then there's been another news story which is this on the opposite side and it's like it's completely polaric but, but graham look at that story from last week it was just it was one story it was that survey from microsoft wasn't it 87 percent of employees that thought they were as equally productive if not more productive at home in the same survey 80 percent of bosses thought that people were less productive <laughs> well <laughs> So within one survey, you've literally got polar opposite responses. So again, that, that sort of just for me just sort of sums up the whole situation is that within one thing you can have, you've got opinions that are, they're just miles apart. Yeah. Does where does that cause us a problem when we're going into help companies with these things? I mean, it, at an individual level, it, the, the trouble is it can, it, it works at an individual level, I guess. Somebody's got an issue, we sort the issue out. But ultimately, where we want to get to with businesses is not to be sticking a band-aid on things, but actually getting them to proactively be be more progressive in terms of their health and well-being. But does it cause us a problem if they're stuck between a rock and a hard place in terms of the politics of all of this and the money of all of this? you think james no i mean um there's there's nothing wrong take assessments as an example so you've got someone doing hybrid work there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing two assessments one in the office and one in the home 
you know it's 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 not a problem it's another it's another half hour to an hour of their staff's time and a bit of expense or or you know you could do a 99p dse and completely ignore their well-being but be legally compliant which is your other option don't get me going on that but no i don't think it's a problem <laughs> we could get going on that but I, we haven't got time have we but um i don't think it's a problem anymore the world's changing and people are adapting and you know it's quite easy just to say okay well you know here's, here's, here's your work assessment here's here's your home assessment and at work you needed this sorting out and at home mm. this was fine or, or you just needed a little tweak here and most adjustments they're not expensive really most of it's just height at the end of mm. the day can you get can you get something a bit higher or or a bit lower sure in in accessibility terms things can get a lot more complicated but for your generic office worker it's it's just tweaking some heights generally mm. and that's not an expensive thing to do at all i think um I think one of the interesting things was the fact that there were a lot of people migrated from the city out during the pandemic. But it's been quite interesting to watch how many of those have then migrated back. Mm. Um, and I, I, I wonder about that because does that mean that there is a, does that mean that they are shifting back to the office? Because surely part and parcel of it was that moving out to the countryside probably gave them a bigger property and, and more space um you know i used to assess a lot of people in and around the london area and ultimately when you assess them in their home they did not have room to swing a cat <laughs> well you know if, if even i mean one person was working in their in their attic up against the chimney breast with a bare light bulb <laughs> hanging off a, off a, and there's just, because they couldn't work downstairs because there was no room and because mm. there was a family downstairs. And, you know, all the, I mean, hopefully that's, I mean, you have to remember that during the pandemic, during the pandemic, um, people didn't know if we were going to turn into a zombie apocalypse or, or if we, you know, nobody knew what was going to happen. And, and there was a lot of panic and there was a lot of disarray. And a lot of people did flee the cities. But my experience is what they're finding now is that they're, those who are working remotely are finding it difficult to stay in touch with the power plays that get them to move effectively mm. through a company. They're being overlooked or they're being missed out if they're not careful. And I think that's probably more reason for them to move back to the city than being within a two minute walk of a Costa or something like that. That's interesting, isn't it? I was going to say, Graeme, you, you, you picked up Philip's um, comment there, which sort of, for me, sort of ni nicely summarises a lot of the conversation, isn't it, really? That, you know, like we just said, there's, there's totally confusing opinions, but that lack of human interaction is a, is a major loss, isn't it? Um, I think so. I think the, the whole online pieces, and thanks for that, Philip. Um, It, you know, one of the things that's not talked about enough is that is the is the sort of not just the mental health piece, but just the social aspect. I think I think actually what we hear quite a lot is we hear a lot about the uh, the the physical well being side of things and 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 the interplay with that. I think we hear about the mental health piece and and if if people are working from home and and not involved with other people than you know what, what that can do but we don't necessarily just talk about the social side mm. you know there's a social cultural side of uh of 
just interplay, which is quite important. Um, you know, I, you know, people talked about. I don't know why people. Everyone talked about it as a water cooler moment because um, not everybody goes to the water cooler. I've, in fact, I struggled when I was assessing to get people to go to the water thing. They just wanted to drink tea and coffee. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it would be much better if they drank water all day long. But actually, most people drink something that that um, isn't great for them all day. Um, but yeah, pe people talk about the water cooler moments. We have kind of lost that. But but there's other aspects to that as well, because even when people were in the office, and I don't know whether you've ever seen that, there's a great comedy sketch where there's a whole load of people waiting to go into a boardroom meeting and they're all on their phones and they're all actually having a conversation with each other on their phones before they go into the boardroom meeting. And then when they get into the boardroom meeting, they actually have the whole boardroom meeting on their phones as well because it's 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 almost a you know but it, it's it is it's kind of ridiculous we kind of miss that we have missed that kind of aspect where we just touch in with people on a regular basis about stuff small talk is really actually very very important for human beings yeah um just saying you know how's the wife james or you know how how's you know how's your daughter how's your daughter getting on you know, just small things like that are really, really important. And, you know, when your head's there, you, you, you're out of that. Whether you're in an office building or not, I think, there we go. Oh, Priscilla as well. Thanks, Priscilla. Friday is not a productive day. Other countries have managed it. Why can't we in the UK? Well, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Why are Fridays? The, well, that's because we have Poets Day um <laughs> in the uk that what is it about the english psyche that says that friday's not productive we we are very concerned with mm. the cadence of the week are we not because we see this on social media and does social media actually kind of push this really as well how many posts do you see in the middle of the week about hump day we are really kind of you know it's kind of yeah. like it's motivational monday everybody's out there it's like yeah let's all get going this week by wednesdays yeah well, well done i'm like that on monday i know i never get yeah. motivational monday you know it's like oh, you know but, 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 what is it why how can we i think the problem is we see a lot of people now and this is a younger generational thing i think a lot of people see thursday as the new friday in terms of going out right. and therefore yeah. maybe slightly hung over late night on a thursday pff, let's just get through friday and therefore it's packed into four days that's why i think it's probably not as productive as the other days of the week is that a younger generational thing because i i'm gonna say because a lot of the younger generation don't drink uh, possibly and maybe i'm not in the demographic of listeners but i did have capital on yesterday on ronan kemp's uh, morning show and they were talking about go out on or it was one of the shows said i'll oh, just go for it on thursday no one does anything on friday that was the line that the one of the presenters came out with and it was like okay so you're just pretty much writing off 20 percent of the working week and just go go large on thursday night james in, in terms of some of the advice you give people uh, over time you know do we need to give people more advice about pacing themselves during the week no, I think I think people self-pace anyway, don't they? It's, it's whether they're tired or not, it happens. I mean, as an example, my week, um, my Friday night is Wednesday. On Wednesday, oh, I go okay. out 
I see my friends, we have a little bit to drink, we play some games, and then Thursday I have off, and then I have Sunday off as well. But that's because I work in private practice on Saturday, so I do my my Alexander Technique stuff in in Wilmslow in Cheshire on a Saturday. But I really miss having a two-day weekend because I have a, I have yeah. a one-day weekend on on Thursday and then have a one-day weekend on Sunday, and it's not enough to unwind. You, you do yeah. need those two days. And if you go out on a Thursday and you've written off Friday and Friday you just kind of stumbled through, then you've got a three-day weekend, which, yeah. you know, if I was 25 or, or 30 and I did so I lived in the city of London and it was great and exciting, nothing against Stockport, obviously Stockport. No. If I lived in, in the city of London, I'd, I'd love to go out on a Thursday night and, and be less productive on a Friday and have a, a pseudo three-day weekend. That would be fantastic. Now, speaking of going out on a, on a Friday night in London, Graham, it is your birthday. Yep. So happy birthday for today. Thank um, you. And we need to wrap this show up because you need to get up to London to go and see Marillion later, is it not? Oh, Here we go. Marillion, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. There we go. Top and everything. So I've got uh, I've got two tops. Um, well, I've got a whole a whole drawer full of tops. A wardrobe actually. full of them. <laughs> that's that's just going to be so good. Yeah, no, no, it will be. It will be great. Listen, it's been great Thanks, um, having you on, James. It's been a great conversation. Uh, if you're watching this on replay at some point during the day or some point during the week, or even if you're watching it on Spotify, because you can actually watch this now on Spotify, right? That's clever, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Don't do it whilst driving, though, folks. That is illegal and you will get arrested. Um, but you can listen to it whilst you're driving. Uh, but watch it on Spotify if you if you're in a safe place. Um, then I hope you've enjoyed it, and you can still kind of send us comments or or make reactions to it uh, on the website because all of these episodes now go on the website, so it's all on wowergonomics.com. How simple is that? Um, there are all of the previous episodes on there as well, so you can go back and enjoy all of those. Uh, and, and you can you can comment on anything you like. Uh, and if you got uh, an ergonomic disaster, we would love to see it. So, you know, bring that to another show or email us with that and we'll feature it in a show as well. And we'll, we'll happily get a bunch of experts to give you the lowdown on what should be going on in that space. Um, until next week, when we'll be back with another guest, uh, it's been Great to have everybody here. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, James. And um, we'll see you in the same time, same place. Graham, next week. I'm just wondering if anybody wanted to find me, where would they find me, Graham? Uh, they would probably find you on the the interweb, but you can you can tell them exactly where. I think it's at posturestars.com. Oh, that'll be it. Thanks, Graham. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Look at that. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Until next week. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.